from the first whistle blow till the game is on the line. This is Stoppage Time. It's your boy, Greg, with your boy, Tyler. Tyler, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I Really, you're going to take my intro away from me? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me. Excitement off of this week. We've got a lot to talk about. First of all, Tyler, how are you doing, buddy? How you been? I've been good. Still cold in Colorado. No, I don't do that. Still, still expecting snow. You're welcome no. to visit anytime. No, not not now. You'll see me in the summer when it's <laughs> uh, winter time uh, over here in sunny Los Angeles, California. Right now, we're going over a little bit of a of a cold spell. As cold as it's gonna get, 37 degrees at night tomorrow with a little chance of rain. But we're not here to talk about weather. We're not here to debate weather, guys. Weather is for the Weather Channel. Right now, we're here to talk about one thing and one thing only. That is football. So we're just doing a little check-in with our teams that are in the Champions League because mainly this podcast is about Champions League football, but we don't have Champions League football up until the end of February. But we got we got a lot of great content when it comes to our teams. How are they doing in their domestic leagues? Tyler watches Premier League religiously. I check up on my team, that's Barcelona, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. I'm always checking in on how these things are doing. And Tyler got me with all the notifications so I could get into that stuff. Tyler, how are our teams doing? How, how are our teams doing right now? Well, first off, you're welcome. And... Uh... <laughs> Well, let's let's start off with a uh, a wild card and probably a team that uh, the their Champions League destiny probably seemed a lot more solid after group play uh, than they do right now. Uh, let's start with Dortmund. We'll start off with your boy uh, Holland Thor ah, himself, Thor, the galloping the galloping gazelle. Yeah, that's my guy. Um, they are having a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um they're currently fifth in the Bundesliga. Uh 10 points behind the German Giants Bayern Munich and they uh, actually just lost uh today Friday to uh Mönchengladbach who are seventh yeah. in the league just by the way. Well actually they are now in fourth but we'll ah. get there when when we get there. Uh, <laughs> we we were talking about how crazy it was that the Dortmund and Holland were, were, you know, Holland might be on the, the transfer block. And I think the longer and longer this keeps up for them, the more realistic it's starting to sound. Cause I don't think he's going to want to be on, on a losing team. Mm-hmm. But we're not here uh, with the, the transfer window was last week. Uh, Dortmund is struggling. They are going into a round against uh, Sevilla here in about a few weeks of champions league i think that they're beatable uh Mm. i think that they're heading into this um the this next round of the tournament kind of flailing in the way that you don't want to yeah and um they they do have a couple of uh easier games they are playing uh hoffenheim osberg and um freiburg who are Mm. in the lower half of the uh the bundesliga but i I know that I'm probably not holding out much hope. I think Sevilla might actually beat him. Yeah. 
and then I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of that as well. They do have Hoffenheim on that Saturday. That's February thirteenth, twenty twenty one at nine thirty a.m. Luckily, it's an earlier game, um, which they're gonna play the Wednesday against Sevilla on February seventeenth um, at three p.m., which gives them a little time to prepare. But uh, there's a lot of dysfunction going on at that club at the moment, and we're seeing the results of that now. They sit in fifth place on the uh, in the Bundesliga table. Uh, after that loss today to Mönchengladbach. So uh, I, I am also right there with you. Again, while Holland is my guy, they, he can't do it alone. And it's not to say that he doesn't have a great team around him, um, but it doesn't seem as though the, the cohesion is there. They fired the coach, which I think was uh, not Mistake. the smartest move. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it's not the smartest move. You, the, if you want to get rid of the coach, you, get, you sack him, at the end of the season prior to this coach being sacked, they were in top contention, second, third in the league, not really not doing badly at all. Um, and as a matter of fact, on match day one, they beat uh, Mönchengladbach three, nothing versus today's result of four, two. So, you know, we're seeing the issues arise. We're hearing that Holland was out. We know that a couple teams are in contention for him. Um, one of those teams include the the boys in Spain, the uh, Los Blancos in, in Real Madrid want him bad. So would he go there? I'm sure that he will after the season is over. If things at Borussia don't, if they, if they continue to go the way in which that uh, that they're going. And speaking about Sevilla, Sevilla has been doing great in La Liga. This is who Borussia is going up against in UEFA Champions League in the next fixture, round of 16. Sevilla's won three out of their uh, last four games, losing only to Atletico Madrid, who are on fire right now, but we'll get to those guys. They sit fifth in the league with a slew of easy games ahead of their matchup with Borussia Dortmund. Now, Sevilla is one of those teams that, for me, is a wild card. You never know what you're really going to get with these guys, and they're they have had success in the past with uh, a one Spanish championship and um, five Copa de Reyes in their time. We'll see how that goes. Uh, well, we'll see how their season progresses, but they seem to be on a good track record so far within the past four games, only one loss. And within the past 10 games, only one loss with a few draws in between against some tough competition within the La Liga um, where you're looking at Valencia and uh, Villarreal, uh, even Real Betis is good competition for them. Um, but when it comes to some of the more elite teams, you're looking at um, Atletico Madrid, which they lost um, two to nothing uh, January 12th. Um, but for, they have a, uh, their lineup going forward. They have another game against Valencia and um, Ibar and uh, Getafe, they have an easy run of games going up until they get to Borussia Dortmund. So they should be able to prepare well enough in order to be a great competition for that team. I agree. I, I, I think uh, Dortmund is in trouble. The, the writing's kind of on the wall in this one. I know when we were making our initial predictions, I, I thought that Dortmund was going to take it easily, but um, it's crazy how things change in, in a month. And yep. uh, 
now I'm just like, oh, that that might be one of the upsets. Uh, next up, we have Cristiano Ronaldo's boys, Juventus. They are actually sitting in sixth place in the Serie. A. Oh, jeez. Uh, tied for sixth with Atalanta. Uh, actually, they have had a a, a pretty good streak, uh, only losing to uh, Inter Milan in the past couple uh, games. You know, Ronaldo's been playing well. Weston McKinney's playing well. And the only at least challenging game that that I can see uh, coming up for them is probably right before they play Porto. They're going to be playing Napoli. Uh, mm-hmm. That's always a tough draw. Napoli's uh, third in the Serie A. Uh, everyone else that they're going to be playing is kind of toward the bottom. And and we, we've, we've said this before. It all comes down to which Ronaldo shows up. The, the team really does run through him. And, uh, you know, also with uh, Murata up front, uh, he's been playing well, but uh, a lot of uh, Juve's success is on Ronaldo's shoulders right now. Uh, so it just kind of really depends on, on who shows up against Porto. Also, I have to say that uh, Dybala's play needs to be a lot better for them. Um, it's funny. Their home and away records are, are similar. They, you know, with the home wins, they have five to four away wins, two draws to four draws of uh, home and away, and one loss each home and away with a higher goal percentage on the away game. So that's something to, to think about, especially as they're going to be playing Porto away from home um, as their first matchup. Speaking of Porto, these, these Portuguese princes have been doing have been dominant for the majority of the Los Nos competition currently sitting in third position in the league winning two games one draw and one loss in the last four the loss was against Sporting in uh semifinals of the Allianz Cup but there doesn't seem to be any real tough matchups for them going into that that Champions League game um, they have about five games prior to that Champions League game. They are playing at home and have a better home um, record, obviously. But again, pretty similar when it comes to the draws and losses. But their goal percentage, that's, that's the, the, their goal ratio is, is flipped with Juventus at the moment with 19 to, to 9 goals at home versus a 17 to 8. I think that Porto may have a chance to run away with this one. The only team that they've lost to is Sporting. The only team that they've drawn with in the past 10 games is Benfica. And uh, that's your one and two. So they're, they're sitting in third for, for good reason. Four points off the top. And Benfica is drawn with them right now in second place. They're, they've drawn with Benfica, which kind of you know, re- reflects exactly where they're at and loss of sporting. I think that they have a chance against Juventus. They just have to play well at home and come away with, with no goals scored at home and be able to go into the away game with a little bit of an advantage. Yeah. The, I, I think the only real warm up that they, that they have for Juventus would be against Braga, who's in uh, fourth right now, about five points behind uh, them and Benefica. Or Benfica, I, I actually see Porto coming into this one, uh, you know, healthy, ready to to attack like they have been in the uh, Liga Nos, and uh, the, this should be a great matchup, actually. So coming up next, uh, uh, Greg was kind of kind of wanted me to uh, to lead this one. We have Liverpool, which 
I, the the Premier League champions of the previous year are uh, in a bit of a rut right now, uh, and it's honestly not going to get any easier for them. They are coming off their first loss at Anfield since April of 2017. Against who, Tyler? Against who? Who It it wasn't... It wasn't a loss to a team like Man U, Man City, anybody who's who's sitting top of the uh, the table right now. They lost to Burnley, who currently sit two spots away from relegation. <laughs> they have a decent amount of points. They have 19 points in the league, uh, with below them at 17, 12, 11, and five. The they're they're within you know chances of getting uh, relegated by the end of the season if uh, Brighton or Fulham or even West Brom kind of kick it into gear but they lost at home to Burnley and coming up we said it didn't get any easier coming up they have uh, FA Cup this coming weekend which will have been played tomorrow uh, yesterday by the time that this podcast is released on Sunday they have a rematch against Man U for the FA Cup where they just tied 0-0 in the Premier League. That can't happen here. There has to be a, a decision in this game. Probably we'll see both teams try a little harder. Then they have to go to Tottenham. Then they play West Ham. Then they have a small respite against uh, Brighton. Then they play Man City and then Leicester City, who are sitting second and third in the Premier League. Now, what, what, I, what I find tough about Liverpool um, is that we've, we've commented on this before in the podcast, talking about how Klopp has been just a negative Nancy when it comes to the, the game. Now, don't get me wrong. He's been accurate. But he's been a negative Nancy when it comes to how the games are, are so tight and how you know, we have no, no chances, no opportunity, with no, the players don't have a chance to rest. And I think that this kind of rubbed off on this place because soon after that happened, we've seen a steady decline in uh, the, the former Kings of England where they're just not doing so hot. They started off really hot during the year, but after a couple of those comments, you could see a slide off of the, the, um, of the play that they've had so far. Now in that game against Burnley, um, Ashley Barnes scored a penalty. It was, it was a foul by um, Matty. And in the 83rd minute, penalty scored by Ashley Barnes, and they were able to hold off Liverpool. Now, the reason why, why I say this is that, you know, yes, Burnley didn't, didn't necessarily outplay them, but they, they were able to hold them off for 90 minutes and keep them out of their goal, which is which Liverpool should have steamrolled this team with their B team, with their under-21s. They should have been able to do this job and weren't able to get there. So is Liverpool in trouble? Well, they're going up against Leipzig. And let me tell you something about Leipzig. Leipzig has been on a great run for the entire season, but came into with the last four games. They won two games, draw one, and lost one within the last four. They're sitting right now in second place in the league in the uh, just under the German Giants which is uh, Bayern Munich. Plus they have a four day break before facing Liverpool in the Champions League. What does this four day break give you? 
This four-day break gives these guys an opportunity to rest up well. And they're, they're going to be playing uh, Augsburg. Augsburg, right? So they're Which, playing... They're, they're probably going to rest some, some of their players in that game, mm-hmm. uh, which is something now given uh, Liverpool's crisis mode in the, uh, the Premier League. They are playing Leicester City, who is ahead of them currently. It will obviously change a little bit by the time the game is played, but Leicester City is four points ahead of Liverpool in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. That is not a game Liverpool can sit back and rest players if they want to stay competitive in the Premier in League. The, exactly. And Leipzig has a better home and away record than Liverpool does. And they're facing Leipzig at home. It's going to be tough. I, yeah. I, I, think, I think it's going to be a great game to watch. I'm, I'm really, really excited for this matchup. But again, b- both of these teams are not really where they were when the group stage ended in December. Yeah. Well, one one is going up and the other is teetering on falling off of the edge of a cliff. <laughs> now we come to the matchup that I know Greg's been waiting for. Oh, God. But I'll lead oh, off. Gosh. Lead it. Lead it. PSG going up against Greg's Barcelona. Mm-hmm. PSG has been admittedly doing great in the uh, the Leo Uber Eats, the, the French uh, domestic league. No, one, no one's really been able to touch them. And this was even after the firing of Thomas Tuchel on Christmas Eve. Great Christmas present there. Mbappe is playing well. They've just really been firing on all cylinders. They, they haven't lost in a while looking at their, their previous games. You know, maybe they figured it out. This might be a case of a coach getting let go where it might not have been a necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, as, as far as we know, you know, that club could have been a mess with, with, with Tuchel there. You, you, you don't really, you don't really know. Yeah. Cause it definitely kind of came out of nowhere. Same as uh, Dortmund firing their coach. And, you know, lead, leading into the game with Barcelona, there's, I mean, they, there's nobody really that they are playing. The, the, I think the best ranked team in, in, in the league uh, that they're going to be facing is Marseille, who has 32 points, but who, you know, they, they were embarrassed in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. They, they embarrassed their way out of the Champions League. <laughs> I think PSG is going to come into this one red hot. I think so as well. And, you know, they, they only have um, OGC Nice to face off before that Barcelona matchup. They are playing Barcelona away from home. And they also have a Coupe de France um, third round uh, the Tuesday before that Sunday. Um, they're playing on Valentine's Day, just by Ooh. the way. Um, But I don't really see this being a problem. I don't really see Barcelona being a problem for the the Princes of Paris because they've been playing superb football um, over the past eight games. Uh, Their only loss in nine was uh, Olympic Lyon. Um, And their home record is something to behold 
their away record, uh, not so much. So Barcelona may catch a break playing in the Camp Nou uh, for that one. Speaking of Barcelona, uh, as a fan, we, you know, if you're a fan of Barcelona, you know, we've had a rough start to our season, um, ending the year in sixth place and coming into the new year, bouncing back just a little bit in third position in the league. Um, in the past four games, we've won three games and lost one. Now, Barcelona has Alves to play before the Sunday, uh, to play Alves on the Sunday before the, uh, the Paris Saint Germain game, um, which sets up for an interesting matchup because I don't think that Alves should be that big of an issue. However, we have seen Barcelona fall to Leicester teams before, and Alves is not one of those teams that you want to take lightly. Now, they do have one Copa de Rey before they head into, um, oh, before the rest of their matchups. They have a real Batiste game and then the Alves game and then heading off. They also play that game on Sunday. So it's two Sunday games. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain and Barcelona have uh, Sunday games before they, their matchup on Tuesday, February 16th. So not much rest for these guys if they both have hard games. I would expect, my expectation is that Barcelona would give it a rest. However, unlike Paris, Barcelona is third in the league. And anyone that watches Spanish football knows that with Real Madrid and Barcelona, there's nothing like number three or number two or number four. You have to be number one. So they're going to be aiming for that number one spot, which means that the next couple of games that they play, no matter who they play, they're going to play everyone. So it's, it's, it's set up for an interesting, interesting matchup against PSG. Again, uh, another exciting game. And uh, I, I do kind of want to keep it in um, La Liga, uh, jumping from, from your boys to your mortal enemies. Ah. We will be jumping to uh, Real Madrid. Embarrassingly, they have been bounced from the Copa del Rey. They're on a... Uh, a, a two-game losing streak. Uh, plus, they uh, they ended up tying Osasuna before uh, losing to uh, Athletic Bilbao, and then uh, their embarrassing loss. They also play uh, Alves uh, before they go into their game against um, Atalanta. Again, not a lot of competition. Uh, per se, they they do have to play Valencia, mm-hmm. um, who who is kind of toward the bottom of the table. But but as Greg said, you know the the more and more we get into some of these teams, the more and more they can't afford to rest players if they want to stay competitive in their domestic league, and if they want to continue to stay competitive, especially since uh, Barcelona has a pretty easy schedule. Uh, leading up to these games as well. They'll want to stay competitive. They are three points ahead of them currently. Uh, they, they can't afford to take risks. They can't afford to, uh, to drop an easy game uh, and be looking ahead to this matchup versus Atalanta, which I get more and more excited about every day. Now, I would say, yeah, it, it's, it's really unfortunate to see where Real Madrid is right now as a analyst. But as a sport, as a fan of Barcelona, I'm having fun. This is this is where this is where we have the opportunity to take over. But I'm here to talk about Real Madrid. Now, I want to talk about this game against Alcoyano. 
right? It went into overtime. This was for the Copa del Rey. And if it's something that I've noticed as a trend with this, with this Real Madrid team, Los, Los Blancos, yes, they were playing away from home, but they had 73% possession, 26 shots total. They had five shots off target, which means 21 shots on target. They had 27 free kicks. 27 free kicks. Tyler, how are you supposed to have so much possession, so many shots on target, and still lose the game two to one? This, this, is, this is a reenactment of more of what we've seen in the Champions League. If you guys can remember from uh, a couple months ago, playing in the Champions League, we've seen this before from, from Real Madrid. We've seen them perform well. They're not playing bad ball in terms of the stats, but they're not getting the results, which means that the finishing is poor up top. So something has to give when it comes to Real Madrid making it through this round. And if they're, if they're going to compete against Atalanta, who has been in great form lately with two wins, two draws in the last four games, no losses. Their upcoming games are just <laughs> brutal. So right? they... They, <laughs> it's it's almost as bad as Liverpool's. They play AC. Mil, uh, they play Milan away. Who mm-hmm. Milan is top of this the Serie A with Atalanta is in sixth uh, currently. So AC Milan away. Then they have to play back to back games against Lazio <laughs> in Lazio. four days. For the both at the, home though. Both both at home, but um, one is for the the Serie A tournament, uh, the the Coppa Italia, and mm-hmm. then uh, the other is league play. Then they have a game against Torino, who's sitting at the bottom of the table. Then they play uh, Cagliari, mm. and then they play Napoli. Yeah, right before that Real Madrid matchup, three days before that Real Madrid matchup. But 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 this is my issue, Tyler. This is my issue. I have a problem with the way in which Real Madrid is playing because <laughs> it's, it speaks to me that this should not be this. It speaks to me because, you know, the, the team that Real Madrid played for the Copa del Rey, they should have been able to steamroll that team. Oh, absolutely. Right. They, the, so to, to preface this, so we, you know, we have all our information. I'm, I'm keeping track of stuff on ESPN. This team doesn't even have a logo on ESPN. No. <laughs> they have nothing. <laughs> the, the, it's, uh, I feel really bad because I, I don't want to disparage any team. And they, they, they defeated Real Madrid. So mm, yeah, you know, they, they clearly had a lot more going on uh, for them than, than I am. My joking is letting on. Really, really don't want to take away from the fact that they beat Real Madrid. Because seriously, good for them. Yeah. But they're but in they... Division 2, Tyler. They're in Division <laughs> 2. They're, they're, playing, they're, playing, they're playing in a, a league with 11 teams. They're in Division 2, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? I, I do. Two. I do. Teams of Real Madrid's caliber are not supposed to lose to those teams. No, this this should not be this should not be the situation <laughs> where, you know, not this should not be the situation. Like, uh now now it's two it's two groups. Don't get me wrong, it's two groups, and then they have a playoff at the end. But this should but what what, what I'm trying to say is is that even 
with uh, um, Atalanta playing at their worst game, it seems that Real Madrid does not have the fortitude to come forward and beat this team, even after having such a tough matchup. That's the only reason why I wouldn't throw Atalanta out there and say that they would not win this game. Again, M- Madrid's failures and Atalanta's successes are making me excited for this matchup. I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. So, coming in, uh, next up, the German Giants. Uh, we all know who they are. They, they need no introduction. Struggling a little bit. They, they, they have lost to uh, Mönchengladbach uh, a couple games back. Uh, they also got knocked out of the, uh, the DFB by uh, Holstein Kiel in a shocking upset in the second round. Again, kind of like what happened to uh, Real Madrid. But unlike uh, Real Madrid, they came back out and just established their dominance again. Uh, they did uh, agree to uh, – actually, the, there's kind of a debate uh, whether uh, the, the David Alaba transfer is, is happening or not from Bayern. Um, it, it was confirmed, and then uh, Alaba's father kind of refuted it. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, they are going up against Lazio, who we know is going to be playing Atalanta twice uh, yeah. <laughs> before this matchup. Um, and looking at um, Bayern's matchups, they should uh, actually probably be able to uh, give some of their players a rest for at least a game or two because uh, they, uh, they're going to be playing uh, Armenia, Bielfeld, and, um, and is it Schalke that they're playing? Uh, Werder Bremen. No, mm. no, no. I looked at the wrong thing. Uh, they're playing Eintracht, Frankfurt, Frankfurt. Uh, before they play Lazio two games. I mean, they, they obviously don't want to drop one, but uh, Bayern is well coached. Uh, their B team could probably start for a lot of uh, be the A team for a lot of other teams. Um, I, I, I'm not too worried about Bayern uh, coming into this, uh, coming into this. No. Um, and it is, it is something to note that they are playing the first game away from home. Um, that's the only place that they lose when they're not in their stadium. They have for their Bundesliga record so far, they have six wins, two draws um, at home uh, playing eight matches. And then away, they have six wins, one draw and two losses away from home. So it's clear to see that, that Bayern Munich's Achilles heel is the away from home games. But honestly, I don't see them really having a problem. They look just as strong as they did last year when they put a thumping on my team, uh, eight to two, which no one could forget. And I know I won't, <laughs> um, but I know that Lazio is not going to take it easy in this match, which Lazio over the past four games has been in its hottest form um, for the past four games with uh, four straight wins in the Serie A. They're in seventh place, which is not great um, in the league. And have back-to-back games with Atalanta, which we spoke about before the end of January, um, both in the, the Copa and in the, the league. Now, it seems that in the Simeone, Sim, Simone Zaghi is doing something right at the moment because the players seem have, have since their topsy-turvy start are now starting to form something that they're able to, to, 
to really play up and should be in shape, fighting form fit at the end of February against the German Giants. I don't see them having... I, I see, well, let me not say I, I don't see them having too much of a problem. I see them having a problem because, I mean, it's the German Giants. They're Giants for real. But this just might be the David and Goliath story that we've been thinking about. I know that everyone felt sorry for them once that draw happened. But the way in which Bayern Munich has been playing lately, there is a window of opportunity, just a pebble size right in the middle of the forehead. That's all that they need in order to move forward. Now, it is unfortunate that they're playing the second game in Munich, but we'll see how that goes when it comes to that. So next up, back to my Premier League, uh, we have Chelsea. Chelsea has been struggling lately, with even with the talks of uh, potentially firing uh, Frank Lampard uh, coming up. As Greg has kind of put it in the... Uh, in our little document here, they, they, they've been very seesaw. They, they've been a seesaw of emotions. And uh, it doesn't seem to really get easier for them before uh, facing a red-hot Atletico Madrid team. They, they have a lot to figure out. They, they do have a, a game against Burnley, who, as we can see, they can slay giants. Uh, they do have an away game against my Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, actually, ironically... Uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man City, who we'll be getting to uh, here in a bit, all play my uh, Tottenham Hotspur or Spurs uh, before their first uh, round match uh, of the Champions League, which is just interesting for me because I know we're fighting for, uh, we're in fifth place right now in the Premier League. We're on the outside looking in, hoping to peek through and a couple big games uh, for us as well. But that's not the point of this. Uh, Chelsea has a lot to figure out. I'm very worried about them, especially facing off against Atletico Madrid, who their their acquisition of Suarez was their gain and Barcelona's grave, grave misfortune. Yes. Uh, we, we don't talk about that on this side of the world, at least not where I'm from. It, it, it was misfortune on their part, uh, but Chelsea... Is not is not looking the way in which Chelsea wants to be looking. Sitting at the top of the mid table, um, that's the best way to put it. At least they're better than Arsenal. That's when you know you're doing great. And um, but you, you know, I don't I don't feel bad um, for them going into this matchup. They do have to play Tottenham um, and Southampton and Newcastle. Now they play Southampton right before they play. Um, Atletico Madrid, but uh, don't put it on Frankie just yet. I think that he still has a lot of, of uh, kinks to work out when it comes to Chelsea's game and would I think he'll do well. However, if we go over to, to, to the Spanish League to talk about their adversaries, the people who they'll have to fight through in order to advance to the round of eight, or the quarterfinals, as the more popular term would be. They have to go up against Atletico Madrid. Looking as dominant as, they've, as they looked back in, uh, in the 13th or 14th season of the Liga, where they actually won the league um, that year, lost the Champions League, but they won the La Liga that year. 
they're in great form, winning three out of their last four games. Suarez and company are winning España in the top spot domestically, being um, being knocked out of the Copa de Rey, which makes it a little bit easier for them because they don't have to focus on any other. They don't have to focus on domestic cups. All they have to do is focus on the continental, and that would be in their Champions League game. Now, do they have a, a run of easy games going in? I don't think so. They will have to fight for a little bit um, as they move along, um, facing off against Levante twice uh, before they head off to, well, before Chelsea comes into their house and takes them over. The good part about this is that they are playing at home twice. So they don't have to go anywhere. They're playing Levante at home and they're playing Chelsea at home. Now they're home and away record. Look at this stat, guys. Their goal ratio at home is 21 goals to two, uh, to two conceded versus their away record, which is 12 goals to five conceded. So they don't play well away from home at all with one loss so far in the La Liga. They have one loss, and that one loss was away from home. Eight wins to one draw at home. I think that Atletico is going to be formidable going forward against a very shaky so far Chelsea team. Which again, looking at what they did in the group stages, complete different story once they started in their domestic cup. That team is hurting. That team is searching for an identity. The, this could very easily be a beatdown. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm starting to lean that way. I, I hope that that's not the case, but I, I'm very very worried for Frank Lampard and those boys at Chelsea. They have a lot to figure out. And our final matchup, keeping it in the Premier League, one of the hotter teams in the Premier League, also from Manchester, um, the 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 Man U uh, squad notoriously was bounced from this tournament uh, in December. They have been looking fantastic, leading the Premier League in a stark uh, turnaround from how they how disorganized they look in the Champions League. But this is about Man City, not Man U. Man City is known for their goal scoring and their offense. And for a while, they had trouble finding it. Well, in the past couple of games, they have found it. They're mm-hmm. on a roll. And they find themselves in second place in the Premier League. They're, they're dangerous. Pep has those boys turned around um they they've figured it out even with a uh, aguero out but they they have a tough run of games uh leading into their matchup against uh munchen gladback they have to play away at burnley away at liverpool they're home for tottenham and then they're away at arsenal and then they're away at munchen gladback that's tough that is tough. that is a tough run of games and again I don't think they can afford to sit people because as much as Greg and I uh, have been making fun of Arsenal, Arsenal's been looking all right lately. They're starting to claw their way back in and figure things out. Um, so that, that game might not be as a, uh, as uh, disappointing as uh, you, we may have been looking at it about a month ago. Man, Man City, Man City's got a heck of a run leading into this uh, against a almost as hot Mönchengladbach. Now, I do, I do believe that this is going to be um, 
this game against Mönchengladbach is going to be special. I don't think that they are going to take it easy at all. The only issue is is that they have two away games back to back, which which they're playing they're playing the Spurs at home and then they're playing uh, Arsenal away and then they have Mönchengladbach away. Now their away record is similar to their home record. Um, except they played. Uh, this is in the Premier League. Have played ten games, winning seven, drawing two, and losing one, with a goal um, ratio of twenty-one four and seven against. Where their their away record is ten goals, four and six against. This does not speak well for their game against Mon- Monshan Gladbach. Has a, a devious defense, and the even though the Premier League is uh, debatably the most competitive league in the world. Man City has been has had such hot form they have not lost since match day 10. We're going into match day 20, I believe or yeah, I believe so. We're, we're going we're going we're going into we're going into match day 20. They are on fire so far. And only sitting two spots, well two points away from Man U. With um, with a game in hand now, Mönchengladbach, who are sitting fourth in the league right now, um, but they have a lot of competition as well. They're they are eight points away from Bayern Munich. That's two games, two and a half games, two and a half wins away from from um, Bayern Munich. After winning today against Borussia Dortmund, sitting in at number four, their away record feels a little bit better to me than their home record. But they don't have the similar goal goal differential they're playing at home against manchester city they've they've won their three out of their last four games um in the in their domestic cup and cups and whatnot um with a home record of 10 games five wins four draws one loss with a goal differential of 18 4 11 against um and their away record is 17 4 17 against so they're playing 500 on that this will be a tough matchup for them. I don't care if they're playing at home right now, at this very moment, barring any injuries, Man City could come into Munch and Gladbach and steamroll them in the form that they're in right now. These are both, these are two really good teams. The only reason why I would debate against the steamroll is that Munch and Gladbach's defense is something to behold. Yeah. And I, uh, I'll, I'll cap off our, our discussion of this is that's why they play the games. I mean, we can speculate that Chelsea's in trouble. We can speculate that Dortmund's in trouble. We, we can say, oh, this, you know, this uh, Barcelona PSG game or this Leipzig Liverpool game, they, these matchups are going to be great. But then, you know, not, not to rub salt in the, the wound for Greg, but then it turns out to be an 8-2 beatdown. Yeah that that kind of comes out of nowhere and then ultimately ends up starting some of the dysfunction that is currently at Barcelona. So it's uh, that's why they play the games that's that's why we watch the games and you know we we can speculate all we want. We won't know until they happen. But it's fun to speculate. It just is as fun much to speculate. just as much fun as it is to start rumors of who's going to get transferred. <laughs> Facts and there, there's still there's still transfers to 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 be had. Um, we do have the summer transfer window that will open up in July, I believe, or in s- September. 
I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head, yeah. but the um, we'll we'll get there when we get there. But we uh, will. there have there there have been a couple transfers that have been confirmed to happen in the summer. Right. So we'll we'll see we'll see that when that happens. We'll also see where players move. What's going to happen with the managers? This is why we watch, guys. This is why we're we're going to stay on top of it. We're going to see what happens. But it was good checking in with our team, seeing how they're doing. And I can't wait to see how they come into the Champions League in the month to come. Now, guys, if you're looking for stoppage time, it's going to be pointing the wrong direction. Every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. You know what Pacific time is? I'm sure you do. You're smart guys. Smart guys <laughs> listen to our podcast. Guys, we enjoy having you here on the podcast. Thank you for listening. Go tell a friend. Go put a share. Share, download the podcast when you get an opportunity. We do appreciate the listens. And I'm about to blow the whistle, Tyler. Let me get my little whistle here. I don't, it's not an actual whistle. It's a key. But it's good for the pantomime. <laughs> That's been Stoppage Time. Stoppage Time.